Hello, welcome back to the Slow Upgrade channel. This is our New Powers podcast, the home of common book debate and discussion. My name is Jay and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Joel and Matches. How are you guys doing? Hello there. Thank you for having us back. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Matches. You're right, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not bad. Good to hear from you guys again. Um, right, before we get started, guys, if you like daily updates on comic book news, hit that subscribe button. If you like listening to topics in terms of discussions and debates on comic book news and that relates to games that is tv shows that relates to movies make sure you're hitting that subscribe button this is your one-stop shop for all comic book content um so give us a follow comment below this is a topic we're going to be discussing which is really interesting guys i'm looking forward to hearing what the uh my other two co-hosts think it's the best comic book performances now we usually do a countdown that's not the case this time we're just going to discuss two comic book performances from actors which have really stood out on within tv or within movies have they has the actor captured the essential essence of the character how have they changed the surrounding of the show how how they're viewed just their overall performance which was completely outstanding um which has hit us in a certain way. We're going to get started, guys, straight in. Joel, we always start with you. Who oh, no. is? Who do you think should be picking up the award or one of the people who should be picking up the award for best comic book performance? Well, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to say Vin Diesel uh, group. That, that performance. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I actually, uh, on another video, we went into depth about um, my, my one of my favorite performances, which was Michael Shannon as yeah. General Zod. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat myself because I think that was quite a hard fight to fight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm also gonna say one more um, honorable mention, which is yeah. my, Michael Caine uh, as Alfred. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Absolutely one. incredible, and I, I think he gave such heart and such. Um, I know it's, it's a grounded film, in, isn't it? It's a grounded uh, universe. But yeah. Alfred's performance made it even more grounded, <laughs> for yeah, lack of a better you. word, yeah. And, yeah. and more heart. But anyway, my, my, my first pick is, for me, the most obvious one. Uh, and it, I can't say his name right, but Walking Phoenix. Walking Phoenix, right. yeah. Walking yeah. Phoenix as, as Arthur Fleck, the Joker. Um, he, yeah. won, he won Best Actor for yeah. a reason. This... This performance, oh, crikey. Crikey, I'm Australian now, but yeah. <laughs> he, he lost 52 pounds in yeah. preparation for this film uh, in, in two months. That's, that's wow. dedication. Dedication. Yeah. yeah, he had to have a doctor <laughs> basically stand next to him the whole time. It was it was dangerous amount of weight, weight loss. Also, this so many scenes uh, in this film was improvised. So you have the, the the fridge scene when he climbs into the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect scene re- reflecting, which I'll go on to later, but, but reflecting about mental health and just wanting to shut yourself out of the world. Yeah. That was all. That was all him. Uh, the the bathroom dance scene when after he's killed the three the three um, people on on the subway, he he goes into the toilet and suddenly does a a random uh, contemporary dance. Yeah. All him again. Uh, there no no direction there at all. Again, that that's for me. Uh, I work in mental health. That's fantastic way of, of showing someone uh, like a coping mechanism of, of how to cope with what what's just happened. Yeah, uh, incredible. I don't know if he did his research there, but amazing. Um, 
the uh, look at my notes here now. The the performance that he has, he does a lot of terrible things in this film. He kills again with the three people in the film, kills his mum, kills um, Murray in the performance. Yeah. You empathize with his his performance makes you empathize and, and pity pity a, a, a villain character. Yeah. This guy, the Joker, is is the Joker man. This is a guy who does so many terrible things. Yeah, the way he he portrays this character, you you again, I can't think of any better word. I need, I need to try and swallow a thesaurus, but you empathize so much with, with what he, what he he does and what why you you understand why he does what he does, which is also the script as well. But the the a lot of negatives you have, and maybe you guys will bring it up as well. But some people will say that this performance is too camp. It's too feminine. I'd be interested yeah. to know if, if you guys would have okay. brought that up. But for me, again, that had strength to to the depth of, of mental illness. There's, put aside that the Joker was was raised only by a female. Anyway, I know not all people who are raised by females are that way, but his only influences of, of males was on TV or whatever. So he's going to have a more of a natural, a natural, gentle, feminine manner to him. But a lot of people with ill uh, mental health, they retreat into a, a fragile state, uh, innocent state, a, a gentle state. That's because they are withdrawn from the world. Yeah. That is fantastic. Just again, I don't know if he did the research. I don't, I don't know, but this performance is perfect to someone who is ill mental health, who isn't getting the help from society, which is what this film is all about, a uh, uh, social yeah. commentary, isn't it? I, I just don't know what, how, what else to say in terms of that, that side of it. Um, I have to talk about the the laugh that that chilling laugh. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I presume, but I'm, I'm hoping one of you guys has has the Heath Ledger's Joker. We'll have to see, but the mm-hmm. that the the laugh that he has is not comic book. It, it's not comic book. I can't say the word. It's not comic booky. If there is a word, this that laugh portrays unstable, um, unpredictable. It's unhinged. It's it's someone who is is so crying out for very, help very creepy and very chilling about the laugh when you hear it um yeah. absolutely yeah sorry joel sorry to drop no no that's pretty much it but it's been able to betray someone who has evil who does evil things but makes you empathize with them see a danger side to them see a unpredictability nature in their performance like climbing into a fridge you know so unpredictable or the, the see many shoots a gun and it hits it shoots the wall and it's just there's so many scenes in this where this unpredictable his fragile performance is this is this is hands down maybe even one of the best performances ever in cinema history that is 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 up there i would say the well deserving best actor Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to matches. Um, <laughs> no hyperbole there. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. It's straight to the point. Um, matches. What are your thoughts on Joaquin Phoenix's overall performance? Now we're talking about best comic book performances. Did would you agree that it was one of the best comic book performances of all time? Um, and what were your overall thoughts of did he, did he actually hit the essence of what the Joker is? his overall impact on the story and the reaction to us as the audience, what was your reaction to watching his performance, but also the reaction to other people around him within the, within the film? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So that's a, that's a, it's a good question there. Um, his performance phenomenal. 
Very, very good. Whether I think it's a good representation of the joke or, or maybe just for my take, I didn't actually like it. Um, uh, it was wow. it was good. In no way am I saying, oh, you know what, I, I, I didn't like his performance or it's just, it just, there's something about it that it just wasn't to my taste. Um, I think the reason for that is because and partly one of the reasons is my number one is actually Heath Ledger. Um, so I preferred how he done it because they sort of done it where Joaquin as the Joker is sort of, it's events that have happened to him and it focuses on that. Whereas Heath Ledger is, he is making the events. Um, he is chaos um, and he's clever. He's violent about it. So. Right. So, no, we've got a good, we've got a good opportunity here now. So we've talked about Joaquin. Yeah. Um, I think it's a perfect opportunity for you to talk about maybe Heath, and then we can discuss okay. the the two jokers yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So the reason why I I've got Heath Heath Ledger, um, rest in peace, um, poor guy, man. But he yeah. sort of embodied the role as the Joker. Um, He's someone who really took it really seriously. Um, if, even if you read some of the of his notes, it, it's quite chilling. When he's writing in his diary, um, mm. his last his last notes that he has, he he has on his on the last page, he says bye bye. Um, so you can kind of see the, the kind of mental state where he would lock himself away and he would isolate himself for apparently, according to documentaries, um, months at a time where he wouldn't see anyone just to get into character working on quirks and working on ways how, how to improve his character. So he's someone who's took this really, really seriously. I mean, I, I know you mentioned, um, Jay, that yeah. you were quite upset about Robert Patterson not taking the role serious. Yeah. And here we have the... Complete opposite. Complete opposite. I mean, he's really embodied it. He's, it's to the point where when we heard that he passed away, um, people thought that because the character is so damn dark, yeah. That yeah. did he go too deep into it? Did he start taking medication because of it? And was he too involved in, in trying to become the clown prince yeah. that, that he, he, he went too far? I, I know people, there's a debate about that. But when we talk about it, the essence of the Joker and his performance is phenomenal. As soon as he comes on screen, he ha- there's something so captivating and the thing is Joel you've mentioned this as well he steals the show in the Batman's own film when yeah. he's on screen you are drawn to him you, it's, it's magnetism yes. you, you, can't take your, you can't take your eyes away from how he's acting um, the bank scenes and I know that's down to a lot of very very well written his dialogues done but a lot of the things improvised as well um, his his quirks that he adds into it is improvised, um, and you just you you have no idea what he's going to do. Um, but that's that's why I prefer him instead of um, Joaquin. Well, Joaquin was like you said, it, it does show a, a mental um, a mental disorder where he's he's more fragile. But this one, he shows him he's violent now. It, maybe the Joaquin one was him becoming the Joker, but now you see him the final form now. He's violent. He's clever. He does things three steps ahead now. 
And mm. it, it's amazing to finally see that Batman, when, when you see him in Batman Begins and you, you see Batman's gone to a level of he, he's able to make people so scared to go out now, where even little, little low-life criminals, they're like, nah, we're not going to do crime tonight. We don't want to run into the Batman. Mm. And it makes the criminals so desperate that they have to turn to a, a madman just to try and get rid of the, the Batman. And I just love that about, love that about his performance, how, how he was able to portray that. I mean, Joel, did you, what did you, did you see in Joaquin's performance compared to Ledger's that made you just slightly lean towards, I, I'm assuming that you, you do like Heath Ledger's performance. In oh Dark yeah. Um, but what, what made you just slide slightly towards Joaquin's Phoenix over, over, um, over Heath's? I just, I just before I answer that, I'll just say um, you mentioned uh, Heath improvised. Uh, yeah. I watched doc- a documentary myself as well, and apparently the, the tongue. Yeah, said, yeah, man, yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. Absolutely it's crazy, man. Yeah, the um, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult to to argue which one's better because I think, it's, as you said, matches it. It's what you expect to see and what you want yeah. to see from a Joker. So for me, I want to see um, like you, like the kid in joke is the. the the whole killing joke comic is about one bad day can change some make someone click and turn yeah. into a, a bad a, a joker basically. The joker trying to get Commissioner Gordon to become bad, isn't he? Yeah. This mm. this this film, this performance shows you that a lifetime of bad days is what and ill mental health is what caused the Joker to become the Joker. So for me, I I wanted to see a character study. And yeah. I, I, I got that in, in the performance and in the script. So it's very different performances of Joker. You, as you said, your, your Joker is um, a, uh, incredibly smart. He's um, plans ahead, chaotic, um, a villain, basically, isn't he? He is, yeah. he is evil in every concept. Uh, maybe not evil, but yeah, a villain. Whereas this performance with Walking Phoenix, uh, you, you're, you're meant to empathize, aren't you? So it's just, they're yeah. so they're so it's hard to compare, um, but it's just it's what this Joker performance, which which I wanted to see, very similar to the Dark Knight Returns Joker mm. as well. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard to argue. Yeah, I mean, for for me, looking at both, and you have to understand, both both are Academy winning award winning actors for their performances yeah. as as the Joker, and and to be honest, at the time when Heath got the award. Most people thought he would get it, and you, you've got some people saying he got it because he passed away. But let's be very clear: his performance was completely outstanding. It it yeah. stood out as, yeah. and it really still brought, does. Yeah, it still does even to today's day. Do you know what I mean that the the cultural impact it had on on the audience? To the fact that even to today's day, if you're going to dress up as the Joker at Halloween, you dress up as Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, it's true. People still do it till today's date, and for me, I re I did enjoy Joaquin's Joaquin sorry Phoenix's performance as the Joker. I thought it was a like you said, Joel. It was an amazing character study, and to see the little nuances of the character and delving into how society does play a part in mental health. the only issue I had with with it is it came across for the essence of the character. It came across as he was more of a victim fighting mm. back 
rather than Heath Ledger's performance. And that might very well be due to Heath Ledger's Joker is further along in his career in yeah. crime. Um, but I thought the origin stories, the origin story for Joaquin's, I thought it was it was cleverly done. But for me, it didn't hit the actual essence of the of the Joker. Um, do you think Joaquin's? I mean, Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Predicting if they did a second one, do you think they would possibly lead down to? Because he came across a little bit like a, an, an not an anti-hero, but someone who's fighting for the little guy, even to the point where they're yeah. fighting back against the rich of Gotham. Um, and you can kind of get along with his support or his fight. Do you think that's something they would, if they did a, another one? They would expand on that, or do you think it's a road where he's going to go down like Heath Ledger's Joker as a master criminal? I I I got I got chills when I heard this somewhere. But what in, in this if they do make a sequel, what if they do it where Batman is perceived as as the the villain? So Batman's the one who is uh, I kind of describe it elsewhere. But so Joker isn't the bad guy. If you want to see what I'm saying now, so Batman's the like the oppressor. Yeah, and and the cause of of all the other because that's, that's a common that's a common theme, isn't it? Where who is it, the egg or the or the chicken? Yeah, did, yeah. Did, Bat, did Batman cause all the villains to, to come out, and, and did he create the villains? That would be a fascinating angle. Right? Whereas, whereas Batman is perceived as as the bad guy. I would love to see them. That, but, but anyway, back to your earlier comment is you mentioned that you didn't like seeing the Joker as as a as a victim. I have for me I've seen the, the, the comics of the killing joke and uh, under the red hood where it, it shows you the, the Joker's origin where he is a victim is everything in his life just goes wrong I think his wife dies by a toaster I think something silly like yeah, that yeah yeah it's, it's, it's so for me that that obviously there's two different jokers isn't there there's the origin Joker or so many different origins isn't there uh, or there's a Joker who has been the Joker and this one his performance was was, was an origin story, wasn't it? And for me, we, we got a perfect version of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, matches. What are your thoughts on thoughts on that? Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, he, he he got a good version. Um, I did want him, I just I didn't like him that he was that fragile. I did want him to see more more violent. Um, there yeah. wasn't enough violence for me. There wasn't enough of that. Yeah, you shouldn't really cross this guy. Um, there was a sort of, there was a sort of element of, I don't know, just me. I could beat this guy up, man. I was going to say that, like, yeah, I think that's obviously his appearance. Appearance, anyway, is more like the Joker, yeah. slender. Yeah. But at the at the start of the film, he gets beat by um, four, four kids or something. They beat yeah, him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, and he and he and he's not he's, he's he's curled up in the ball in pain, right? Yeah, that happens again later on on the bus, not on the bus, on the train, I think. And yeah. then my men this time, men are beating him up. Yeah, but what, he's he's not he's not curled up in the ball. He's laughing. And that yeah, in the, in the comics, the the Joker is so dangerous because he he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't he feel doesn't pain. Have a pain threshold, does he? No, that's it. He is so yeah. messed up in the head. Yeah. Uh, that's we we got to see that 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 powerful Joker, the Joker who, who can't be bought, can't be bargained. <laughs> to quote <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we we got from for me anyway. We got we got the the stepping stones of of the Joker who we would get in the Heath Ledger's performance. 
could I? I'm going to sound very, um, very cynical here or whatever. But um, what I wanted, <laughs> what I wanted him to do was, I wanted him to shoot the the host at the end, and then I wanted him to actually attack the crowd. Um, like yeah, the dark, and, like the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, exactly, like the Dark Knight Returns, and then you would have been like, oh. Okay, this guy is really unhinged, man. Yeah, now he's gone and over the edge. Yeah, he is over the edge. And yeah, that's, that would have gave me that really chilling thing. I understand, obviously, you can't really do that sort of thing on TV screen. It is because of the unfortunate events that have happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they just sort of took it a little bit further, if they were going to do a, a character dive, I believe that you can't really sit on the fence with that character. Um, you, you have to go you have to go all out and it just it wasn't enough it was it was enough for me to be like oh you've sort of wetted my tongue with there okay yeah he is he is a bit unhinged there he does do some bad things but I've seen I've seen heroes do sort of bad stuff like that um, I've seen characters do that I wanted to see someone or a villain do something that I was like yeah that's not right that's that's crazy that's yeah. the joker yeah, I, I, sorry, mate. Go on, Joel. I was just going to say that the first of all, uh, the the Joker does kill. If you remember in, in the in the in his house, he kills that guy with a with a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, Fridge, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, very, very dark. Very, very. You know, oh god. Yeah. You know. But what I would say is, I, I've seen Punisher do that though. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But what, what my only defense today is that obviously we. But if, if we had a Batman year one, yeah, an, an origin story, we mm. wouldn't we wouldn't expect to see Batman, um, I don't know, like taking down Bane or whatever. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you yeah, start yeah. Him, yeah, you start stepping stones, don't you? So for me, for me, I, I understand everything you said there. And again, this film got a lot of hate for almost glorifying violence, didn't it? But, but so that thing, that would have been way too much. And it maybe... Yeah, it exactly. Been, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, for me, it was a stepping stone performance to to the Heath Ledger. Joker. My only point, my only point to that is though, with Batman, is we did actually see Batman from the beginning, so it was Batman Begins, and he was making mistakes, but they kept the essence of Batman there. Um, well, the essence for me anyway, for Batman, um, whereas the Joker, I felt like they sort of diluted it a little bit, which I get that you can't. But if you're gonna bring him to the screen, I, I want to be shocked, and I, I, it, I didn't, it didn't have that shocking factor. I expected um, that that the guy, the host, was gonna get shot. Yeah. Um, what would have tipped it over is if he then started attacking people in the crowd. Then I would have been like, whoa, okay, they actually went there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for for me, I agree. I agree with you, matches. For me, that it needed a, it did need a tipping point in the film. Mm. Now this could be due to the writer. If we're talking about Joaquin's, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in the film um, was exemplary. It's, it was amazing. Yeah. But I think just to push him over the edge as, as not on level with Heath Ledger's, but just get a little bit closer. Mm. He needed that. Wow. Moment. And I agree that the, the scene with the audience, I'm not saying you have to show everybody, getting shot or yeah exactly. i mean even like even in the dark knight returns i believe he does it via gas um, two dolls two dolls isn't it I think. Yeah, yeah two dolls but if even if he just pumped in some kind of 
poisonous gas. And then you just saw everybody in the crowd with a weird smile on their face. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he walked and he walked out. That would have been enough for me to to actually say, okay, this is the Joker that I know. It was an origin story, and I agree, it's, it was stepping stones towards the Joker that I know, but it needed that last push for for it to actually feel like, okay, this is the Joker that I expect to see or I, I think to see online. The violence, I understand, you're going to get that. Some of the violence is very visceral and very mm. strong, like you mentioned, the one in the apartment and I mean, some of the other killing scenes that he's done throughout the film, they were very vivid and the film made you feel quite uneasy at points. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's excellent writing and excellent directing and an excellent performance because it made you feel very uncomfortable you felt with the very... little the little guy yeah um that that did make me feel uncomfortable i was, I was a bit scared for him yeah exactly there, yeah. at that point yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, his performance was amazing it made you feel uneasy and uncomfortable which is a which is a very key thing of the joker we always say that when you're in a room with him you don't actually know yes, what he's going exactly. to do he's unpredict mm-hmm. completely unpredictable and i think he nailed that aspect down but i think if you're going to push it through as the joker you need to he needs to be a, be more violent more aggressive slightly more aggressive slightly more sadistic in what he was actually yeah, doing that's it. yeah um and that was the key point for me it, it didn't have that i mean heath's heath's performance and i'm not showing favorites but i mean heath's performance it was you had all of that you had that points where you didn't know how he was going to react i mean the pen do you mean the pencil trick um yeah do you mean like burning certain, the money yeah, that burning the money, blowing up a hospital. Yeah, stuff like that. It's Having like... people, a full a full a boat full of people that he wants to blow up. Yeah, exactly. Is, is that more the script rather than performance, though? So you you guys you getting the the Joker you want from the script rather than the performance? Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a good point. But then you have to you have to look at the the one key thing is I'll, I'll bring it. I'll, I'm going to mention screen time uh, for one of the characters. I'm going to mention later. But one key thing is whenever it's him speaking. Mm. even to the point where it's him and Harvey Dent in the hospital bed. Yeah. He he talks Harvey Dent into a point where Harvey Dent becomes mad. Like his, ov- his overall performance and just interactions with, with Batman in the interrogation room, Harvey Dent one-on-one-on-one, on one, Batman on the rooftop at the end. His performance, yeah. it, it just has so much ferocity and... Yeah. Do you know I mean, and it adds poison to everybody he speaks to. It's just absolutely amazing. And it's just so calculated. Even when he's in the interrogation room and he's trying to tempt that guard to attack him so yeah. he can escape good, the words yeah. he's saying and the way he's performing it. it there's no, do you know what I mean, when you look, when you look at the character, when you look at Heath Ledger or the Joker, I don't see Heath Ledger at all. I yeah. just see the Joker. And that's the key thing for me in a performance is, Am I completely lost in? Am I just seeing this character on screen? I am not seeing the actor anymore. Sometimes you'll get little glimpses of the actor, but with Heath Ledger, it was he was so far gone into the character of the Joker that it, he became the Joker for me, and I just thought it was amazing. I mean, Joel, do you? I'm not going to ask you to rank, but I mean, in terms of the best Joker performance of all time, you've said Joaquin. Yeah. Where do you rank Heath in terms of Joaquin, Jack Nicholson, um, even Mark, even Mark Hamill, which we haven't mentioned? Do you think Heath hit 
he hit the right notes of the Joker character. Oh, no, no, definitely. No, I, I love the performance. You mentioned the Mark Hamill there, and oh, I completely forgot about animated films, you know. Completely forgot about them. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, when I think of the Joker, I, I, I hear Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that, yeah, yeah. so, I don't know. He's Yeah. So, by definition, then maybe maybe Mark Hamill was the best Joker performance, but I have to have, have to think about that another time. But I've, 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 one question I, I have to ask you guys is for me, Mark Hamill's performance here, for example, when you see the Joker, you see a guy who is mentally unstable, mentally damaged, right? For me, that's the Joker I love. And I got that in the Walking Phoenix performance. As you said, Heath Ledger, unfortunately, maybe that did lead to his death or whatever. But in his performance, it's almost too, too choreographed. He's too smart, too... It sounds stupid because the Joker does have schemes, isn't it? But for me, I wanted more, more insanity, more, more cra- crazy. You could say. I mean, it's like, again, it sounds stupid. Okay. Got that. No, no, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't explain. He was too calculated. Too calculated. Yeah. Were you expecting it? And this is again comes down to your personal preference. But were you expecting a Joker that's a bit more flamboyant, like Joaquin was in the film? You mentioned that he does a lot of the the dancing, and he's very flamboyant and loud. Were you expecting, were, is that what you, you wanted to see in Heath Ledger's performance, that over-the-top, kind of like Jack Nicholson's Joker? He was very, very over-the-top, but he had his moments where he was very dark in that uh, 1989 Batman film. Is yeah, that what, yeah. you, what you mean or what you're looking for? No, no, I, I wasn't, I don't know what I was expecting from Heath Ledger, to be honest, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got what we got. It is incredible performance. Mm. But just, just for me, like, even going in to, to, to watch the Joker, I wasn't expecting what we got. Um, yeah. But, but after seeing what I, what we got, I was like, yes, this makes sense for the Joker. This is, this for me is, is, is an honor to his origin stories in the comics. This is, this is a guy who I can believe could be stabbed, kicked, broken ribs, broken, losing your teeth, but still, still laughing and still, mentally un- unstable and unable to get get up and fight batman that's the joker we got i think in this film yeah I, I completely agree um i mean guys that's a question for you lot joker <laughs> heath ledger versus Joaquin. which performance did you think was better um which of these guys put a better case forward leave your comments below um right we'll move on to uh m- one of my top two who i think should be nominated this guy doesn't get enough credit this guy does not get enough credit in terms of what he actually did uh for seven close to eight years on my t- favorite tv show smallville um that is mike and rosenbaum as lex luther now just a bit of backdrop to Smallville and comics and, and Lex, Lex Luthor character in particular. I grew up in, in the nineties. Now Lex Luthor in the, in the comics was always seen as very, uh, it was super villain, very intelligent, very charming, very witty, a businessman. Yeah. He Jack, uh, Gene Ackerman's performance in the original Superman film was very over the top. What made me fall in love with the character Lex Luthor was, the Smallville show. Michael Rosenbaum's performance was absolutely fantastic. 
he had the right amount of menace, uh, vulnerability. He was strategic. He was vulnerable at points. Mm. It was my favorite TV show is Breaking Bad because I enjoy the transformation from someone who's essentially a good person or trying to be a good person and they're falling into darkness. And I think when a TV show gets that correct, it, it's absolutely gold. And what we saw from Michael Rosemar's performance in Smallville pushed all those buttons for me. You see him in the first early seasons trying to live up to the expectations of Clark, who's his friend, trying to be different from his father in the early seasons. And then as the seasons progress, you see that how certain traumas, certain situations turn him into the dark Lex Luthor we know, the one who's calculated, the one who's three steps ahead, the one who pumped Lana full of um, hormones to think that she was pregnant so she wouldn't leave him. Dark, dark issues. And the things that really stood out for me is it brings up, and Joel, I know you love philosophical debates. It brings up the questions or his performance brought up certain questions um, that we saw in, we saw throughout the, the show questions like nature versus nurture. Is he, oh. do you mean his relationship with his father was so toxic and the way he, Michael Rosemont performed it, he constantly wants the attention of his father. I think there's a, there's a quote where somebody says, somebody asked him, why can't you walk away from your father? And Michael Rosenbaum's performance, Lex Luthor's response is, he won't give me the one thing that I've always wanted from him. Um, it's that yearning for love, the, the, the total, total absence of, of love from his father, um, which, make, which keeps pushing him to darkness, keeps pushing him to darkness. The expectation of Clark trying to live up to someone who's superhuman, Clark not revealing his secret to him. And you can see it slowly driving him mad. He knows that his best friend is keeping something from him, but he won't, he won't tell him, he won't reveal his secret. And that's what's pushing him over the edge is isolating him. Um, someone fighting against his destiny throughout the whole of Smallville, the eight seasons that he's on there. It's, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, my favorite quote from Lex Luthor, and it's from his actual last, last scene. So it's in the finale. And the quote is, I used to think it was our families who made us who we are. Then I hoped it was our friends. But if you look throughout history, the great men and women of the world have always been defined by their enemies. And that's him embracing his, embracing his destiny as a rival to Superman. Um, absolutely amazing performance. It doesn't get mentioned enough. With a TV show, you've got more time to go through and see how a character changes and adapts and Breaking Bad has done that better than any TV show that I've ever seen um, and what Smallville did was I think Smallville set out a beautiful blueprint where you can see from season one to season two slight changes in his character it becomes more aggressive season three to season four they address the mental health aspect of the character and the fact that Michael Rosenbaum was able to portray someone who's very kind and trying to be a better person, but then he's easily able to switch to someone who's extremely evil, someone who's extremely maniacal and, do you know what I mean, a psychopath, 
it ju- it's just absolutely fantastic and it made me fall in love with the character and also made me so much more angry when Jesse Eisenberg was cast as Lex Luthor mm. because we didn't get those levels and I get it you you can't dive into everything in a movie however I need to see that there's certain layers to this psychopath which is Lex Luthor and we we didn't get it at all um so yeah my my pick is is my Michael Rosenbaum as uh, as Lex Luthor um just absolutely yeah. fantastic any any questions guys or any comments well said well that, that was a you, you did honor there that, that, that was really good thank you <laughs> the um i actually had him and, and jonathan kent as my potentials to talk about all right okay smallville is, is incredible show is that we we were blessed to have that show in many ways in it but the um i'm actually re-watching it and there's an episode when um blink season one yeah 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 yeah. Anyway, there's a hostage. Some guys held hostage to the school kids, Clark Kent as well. And Lex Luthor just goes in, willing to yeah. sacrifice himself to save the kids. Yeah. And then when he when they come out, when he um, when he saves today or Clark saves today, comes out, and then um, he sees Jonathan and Martha Kent just Embracing. hug. Yeah. Wow. And then he doesn't get that from his father. Yeah. This the start the start of the jealousy. The the as you said, it, we we get a journey in this Lex Luthor incredible performance to show victim and and villain yeah. as well i don't questions i don't i don't know what to say to be honest uh, i concur with everything you've said really yeah i mean that that um i remember that episode and it's just it's the little things they do and i think it's the great the great symmetry of clark and and lex where you've got you've got clark who's got this perfect life and he's got parents who love him and care for him and Lex is constantly yearning for that in the early seasons he, he that's all he wants he wants to do you know I mean he wants to have everything that Clark has and the way Michael Rosenbaum performs it is just absolutely fantastic because you feel you feel sorry for Lex do you know what I mean you can see that he's he's clear the early seasons you're watching it now but you can see he's clearly trying to be a good person he's truly do you know I mean running into saving saving the kids he's do you know what I mean like he's trying to be a good person he's trying to to portray himself or live up to Clark's expectations and separate himself from his father but as the show goes on you see that Clark not revealing his secret becomes extremely frustrating and it's just it gets to a point where he has to just turn his back on Clark and I I just love the idea of was it Clark who pushed him to becoming of the villain of the story his if Clark had been honest with him from season one and two would Lex have used it against him or would he have had a very powerful ally or a very powerful friend on his side that's that's the, the little things and the little bits of his performances are just absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, matches used to watch also Smallville used to watch it with me. Um, where do you rank his performance? Uh, yeah, no, I, I loved, I loved what you said about the fact that Clark is sort of, he's the one who sort of, created this Lex persona um he was living like you said he was living up to something which was impossible Clark is he's the perfect the perfect human or what was not perfect human but the perfect person um 
and he was always trying to match something that it was never, it never physically happened. And of course, that would drive him insane. My only thing that I would say to you is, okay, you've said he's the best. Um, what were you so against, um, Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> you've just just to compare. Yeah, you've just lit a just match. To, just to compare them to, <laughs> if you were to take like some of the qualities from him. And comparing to Jesse Eisenberg, where where they went wrong. Okay, um, right. So for Jesse, for the Jesse Eisenberg, let's start with the Jesse Eisenberg character as as Lex. The Lex Luthor I expect to see. You have to understand this guy is one of the richest people on the planet. Okay, he runs a multi billion dollar industry. He's not a man child, so he's got a business where. He has to be respected. He's the top of his game. He's one of the smartest people on the planet. What we got with Jesse Eisenberg was basically social, the social network mm. part two. Yeah. 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 And that's not the essence of the character that I know. Jesse Eisenberg's performance was erratic. Um, it was unstable. It was, you'd say it was a mad scientist, but a lot of those lines didn't make any any sense. Now, I know Lex did start off as a mad scientist, but the performance I like to see from Lex Luthor, and again, it's always preference, but the performance I like to see from Lex Luthor is someone who is able to stay five, not three steps, five steps ahead of Superman. Superman has the power of a god. Now, the only way he's ever going to beat Superman is with his intellect and his planning and his uh, and his strategy and staying ahead of the man of steel because superman would have locked him up years ago if he wasn't that far ahead of him he's the, so he was originally the original king of metropolis until superman turned up which is mm. why he hates superman so much and i didn't i didn't get that presence that yeah, anybody was so ever, anybody was ever scared of lex like lex is lex has been in charge of has been head of the Justice League when he's joined Superman. He's been head of the Injustice League. The Jermaine, he's been in charge of major supervillains who fear and respect him. And we saw it in the Justice League Unlimited series, season two. He's the head of the Injustice gang and all the secret society. And these supervillains try stepping to him, but he's already got a contingency plan in place to deal with them. Now, mm. Jesse Eisenberg's performance is not adding fear into anybody. Let's get this straight. Jermaine, he was a little kid, which Superman could have snapped with his neck. And I know what Joel's going to say is he did manipulate Superman to, to fight Batman. Before we get started on that, that Jermaine, like, come on, really? Really? Not, that's, that was the writing in that, in that whole part of Batman. Oh, I should have set him off with this Was one. an absolute <laughs> joke. But getting back to, sorry, getting back to Michael Rosenbaum's performance. It had the right right amount of humanity in it where you can look at Lex and you can always you're always hoping that he might turn good again or he might do the right thing, but he's destined yeah. for darkness. It had the right amount of menace where when he stepped to stepped up to Clark or stepped up to Superman or anybody else with meteor powers, you would you would doubt whether you're gonna make a move on this guy because he was menacing. He had the intelligence, he had the strength, he had everything that Jesse Eisenberg's character didn't portray. And for me, that is the key thing of Lex Luthor. Like, like he said in the quote, and I quote it again, 
if you look throughout history, the great men and women of the world have always been defined by their enemies. The greatest hero is Superman. He's the most iconic superhero. You need a villain who's, if not, hasn't got the powers, but is able to stand up to him. It has to be the type of Lex Luthor that Michael Rosenbaum portrayed. When he enters the room, he's got power, he's got charisma, he's got he's got that presence about him, which like Jesse Eisenberg did not have. Jesse Eisenberg was basically a clown, but yeah, to answer your question, that's what Jesse Eisenberg's character was not was missing. Yeah, Joel, charisma. you want to jump in? Sorry, no, just that you, you said charisma, which is yeah, Jesse Eisenberg did lack <laughs> charisma. <laughs> It was such a bad performance, wasn't it? Um, I, I don't know why Zach did it. I guess he was trying to modernise. Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I did a. I did a reaction. This is on YouTube years ago, but I did a reaction to Jesse Eisenberg's um, announcement. And Zach Snyder, Zach Snyder said that he was he wanted to go in a different direction with the character, and Jesse Eisenberg had a way of making you feel stupid when speaking to you. Now. Yeah. I'm sure Jesse Eisenberg's a very intelligent guy and I get it. Like when he's speaking, some of the things he says are very quick and witty and Jermaine, very snidey and just, but that's not what you need. You need to portray power. And that's a key thing that Lex Luthor always wants. Lex Luthor wants what Superman doesn't have, what Superman has, which is power. Now, Jesse Eisenberg never came across like he wanted that kind of power from Superman. I still can't, if you ask me or I ask you, Joel, what was Jesse Eisenberg's main beef with Superman? What is it? <laughs> yeah, it's what I said. I can't, I can't think what it is. No, but neither can I. It was something about wow. God's, God's falling from the sky. And do you know what I mean? Like, what, can, can anybody answer that question? What is yeah. his, main, his main beef with Superman? He has that quote, doesn't he? Which is a good quote about power being a power... Paradox in the you you're spot on. It's not clear, is it? But no, he does try and explain it about he power. Tries to, he tries to yeah. explain it, and he's, tr- he's trying to. He's, he talks about duplicity and saying that people will see him for who he really is, and he's he's evil, whatever. But the the Batman the Batman storyline or the Batman um, train of thought on why he wants to take Superman out. I don't agree with it, but I can understand it. He's trying to take Superman out because of what happened in the building. You, you know what I mean? Like he's a threat and there's a 1% chance, blah, blah, blah. Lex Luthor's ideas are, oh, I'm trying to expose his duplicity. And then he rambles on about his father's painting should be upside down. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he's, he starts feeding the, the senator, do you know what I mean? A cough suite. And do you know what I mean? Like start, just, just stuff like that. It just didn't have the right amount of menace or didn't have the right, he wasn't the right actor for it. And for me, that's why Michael Rosenbaum is the perfect version of Lex Luthor. And the one that it, I really want to see on the main screen. And we probably will never get because we, we're still stuck with this. We need a Lex Luthor that you can admire him as a human standing up to the most powerful man on the planet. The reason we, we show so much respect to Batman is because Batman doesn't give a crap, but Batman has trained himself to that level Lex Luthor hasn't trained himself at the level, but his intellect has put brought him on the level where he, he causes Superman regular problems. He's his arch nemesis. Do you know what I mean? He's not a clown. 
he's his arch nemesis. Jesse Eisenberg's performance was closer to the Joker rather than Lex Luthor. There were elements of the Joker in Jesse Eisenberg's performance rather than Lex Luthor. He was more of a psychotic performance where Lex is, Lex is psychotic, but he's a sociopath. He's, he, is pl- he is so planned out and ahead of everything, everybody else. So, yeah, I mean, for me, Michael Rosenbaum, I can go on for hours, um, but Michael Rosenbaum's did- performance is a lot better. I just say as well the the best thing I've ever seen Lex Luthor do, and you guys help, help me out. I think it's Justice League Unlimited, but when they they find a cure for cancer, and he goes find a way to make it a lifetime treatment. Yes, <laughs> yes. Is, yeah. is that is that just yeah. anim- is it? Yeah, that's remember. yeah, that, that's from Justice League, not from Unlimited, but I think it's from the main Justice League show. But yeah, he finds wow. he finds a cure. This is what I mean. Like he's so sadistic and so evil but he does it in a way of how is he going to maximize even a benefit for mankind out for himself and ironically in that same show he gets cancer from kryptonite poisoning later on yeah that's the ironic that's the ironic thing but because it's kryptonite poisoning and he holds that piece of kryptonite in his pocket it can't be cured from the one that he's found earlier so it's just jimmy just little things like that i mean matches have you got any more any more questions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't do don't do it matches that would set you off again no no that's yeah it's a good pick yeah so um lex luther michael rosenbar's performance is uh i think should be nominated it's one of the best comic book performances for me um guys leave your comments below if you've not seen smallville definitely go and watch it i believe it's on amazon prime or it may have been removed um but i think it's on amazon prime in the uk definitely go and watch it it's just a a brilliant show and it yeah. gives you a lot of backdrop to the superman superman character especially the first few seasons um right moving on we'll go on to go back to joel joel what is your second pick for combat performance uh, so uh, i've done i've done a guy who has played shakespeare characters on stage he's, he's played starfleet commander picard <laughs> this guy this guy has done so much but when i see him i i see charles xavier and that's patrick stewart as charles xavier xavier yep. um this to play to play a character who is a, a novel novelized version of martin luther king you have to show strength leadership compassion uh, smartness uh, patrick stewart does all of this in every single one of of the um x-men films even x-men last stand the terrible film his when, when, when he dies um he's not panicking he's he just looks at the look if he looks at the camera or looks somewhere and he just he's just relaxed he, he's calm isn't it because he's, he's got a plan this, i hate that film, <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible <laughs> film. but even even his performance in that film is, is is very good i think he's played um xavier eight times i think over so many years um but where 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 i really want to talk about this this um i shall go on to that in a minute the charles xavier as i said shows strength leadership compassion but he also has a dark side uh, in the comics and the cartoons in, and th- th- this performance especially in x-men one you you are shown that when when he says i feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to the, to that school looking for trouble yeah that that quote shows you that he is not against violence. He is not against mm. um, defending uh, himself. Yeah, defending the ones he loves. Yeah, 
to to have a performance to show both, as I said, both calmness, both aggression, aggression. But as Martin Luther King, he knew what he had to stand for, but didn't want to do it in a certain way. But where where this his performance is outstanding is in is in Logan, where he yeah. he, he was snubbed of a, of a best supporting actor. Um, it was it's heartbreaking to. Uh, Personally, anyway, Alzheimer's is close to my heart. To 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 show a perfect, and it is a perfect uh, interpretation of, of of what Alzheimer's is a brain uh, brain di- di- disease, the effects that has on the ones around you and, and effects on you. I, I just spoke about a guy who is calm, st- uh, has strength, intelligence. He's a he's a member of the Illuminati. In Logan, he is the opposite complete opposite to everything we've ever seen him uh, perform uh, as, as Charles Xavier. The, the most, my favorite scene in that film is, is when he, when uh, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman has to take him to the toilet and he is, he's angry. He's unstable. He's like, fuck off. And he's, he's, <laughs> this is a man yeah. who is complete opposite to who, who he, who he is. And it's heartbreaking performance. It should have won a best. I don't know who won that year, but um for me, yeah. So for Logan's performance of contradiction of, of everything he has done before, a perfect, um, perfect performance of, of Alzheimer's, it has to go down as, for me, probably the second best comic book performance uh, ever. Wow. That's so well said. Um, matches, anything you'd like to add in terms of Patrick Stewart's performance, um, not just in Logan, but as uh, he's been doing the character since 2000. So... <laughs> It's yeah. a long, yeah. long time, long, long time. What are your thoughts? I mean, I know X Men is very close to your heart, also. So, to see Patrick Stewart, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, to be fair, I mean, I think he did an amazing job. Uh, I don't think they could have costed someone else for it. Um, he he did really embody exactly what you said, Joe. Um, he was he was brilliant at his role. Um, and I actually forgot about that his his role in Logan, but yeah, he did he did really well in that as well. Um, yeah, he's a really good actor. It's heart heartbreaking to see, wasn't it? In, in Logan, yeah. even maybe you'll go on to later, but even Hugh Jackman's performance—if someone chose Hugh Jackman—but incredible to see someone who the, the fall of who that basically the old age in many ways, isn't it? The, yeah, yeah. The, 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 no longer the, the 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 strength that they they had it's, it's been removed from them, and just to see that incredible. Yeah. I have, I have to agree. I mean, you look at the you look at the X Men films, and you see. I mean, the standout performances for me are, have always been, and this is from the start. It's Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, yeah, Man, um, McKellen as Magneto, and yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart um, as Charles Xavier. Um, I I enjoyed James McAvoy as a younger version of the character. He's a lot is a, a lot more fun, and do you mean but. And the same with the Michael Fassbender as Magneto. I thought they both did a fantastic job. But if you're going to talk about performances, what he did in in Logan, and it was so different to the, it's so different to the Professor Xavier that we've yeah, seen, definitely. we've ever seen in any animated or comic book literation of the character. It it was such a more human. <laughs> Jermaine yeah. for Jermaine's muses, but it's, it was such a human performance, um, and it's something that you could see that what he was struggling with and Logan was struggling with throughout the whole film. 
And I thought their relationship, I think one of my favorite scenes is, and it's not even an action scene. One of the fav- my favorite scenes is when he's at the dinner table with that family oh, and, and he's saying, yeah, I used to be a, a school teacher. And, um, and he says, and he said, yeah, L- Logan was um, one of my pupils and he, I kicked him out a few times over the, <laughs> over the years and just their, their overall relationship. You can just see that it, it I mean, it came to a point where he saw him as, saw him as a son and he saw Charles Xavier as a father. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it would be very difficult for many actors to, to make a character like Charles Xavier feel human. Cause he is, I mean, he's that, He's the leader of the X-Men. He's a headmaster. He's, do you know I mean, he's a, he's a member of the Illuminati. He's, he's always very proper and distant mm. in the comics and, and in the animated show. He never showed a lot of humor. Um, but what, he, what Patrick Stewart did in, in that film was just absolutely amazing. And, and yeah. addressing Alzheimer's was, do you know I mean, just something you could tell he'd looked into it a lot and he took the role very, very seriously. And, Back in 2000, I think comic book films were still very, it, it was still very, they weren't really sure what they wanted to do. You have to understand it was just a bit of perspective for the audience. This was two years after Batman and Robin. Yeah. So comic book films at the time were still seen as very jokey and very, do you know I mean, flamboyant mm. and over the top. And do you know I mean, they couldn't deal with the serious nature. And the fact that they cast... Sir Ian McKellen, a serious yeah. actor, Patrick Stewart, a serious actor, as the two figureheads yeah. um, in an X-Men film in the t- in 2000. And the amount of gravitas they brought to those roles, it really laid the foundation for serious comic book films mm-hmm. because there were a few jokes in that first X-Men film, but there weren't many at all. It was a very serious film dealing with mutants and, and you mean, isolation but his performance was absolutely fantastic. Sorry, Joe, what were you going to say? This is obviously spoiler, guys. Um, obviously, the death scene in, in Logan, when the facial expression that he that Charles Xavier has on his face, when when he believes that Logan is the one killing killing him, that that yeah. fear, that almost of, of like, what, what, who, why are you killing? Like, you know that that yeah. shock. Mm-hmm. That shock is the word, isn't it? It is. The, the, that, I remember that death scene, and I remember my heart breaking, saying, "Please let let Charles Xavier find out that it's not, not Wolverine that's killed him." Yeah. And to, to have that performance install that emotion in me as as a thirty year old man, that is you know incredible, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it's ab- absolutely incredible. Um, matches anything you'd like to to add? No, I, I totally agree. It's, it, amazing performance, especially with Logan. Really, really tipped it over the edge. Yeah, it, re- it really, yeah. really, really did. Elevated, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, well said, Joe. That absolutely brilliant. It's it's not one that popped into my head, but yeah. now that you've said it and now looking back on it, I completely, I completely agree. Um, matches, you're up. Who, who's um, your other pick for best performance? Best performance. Um, I'm gonna have to go for uh, accumulation of films. To be fair, he's just a embodiment of a character um back in the day i mean growing up with fox kids i think it was um i think i think they used to be they used to show iron man and yeah. we used to watch that but that wasn't it wasn't really a popular character back then um until 
it came it came to the big screen and it just captivated everyone but partly the reason why it was just so captivating is because of Robert Downey Jr um yeah he's just such a magnetic personality um he, when he's on screen he's so witty he's so clever he's just he's written excellently he's always got something to say he's the cleverest in the room and you, you just you, you just have to listen to everything that he says to be fair yeah. um yeah. he just partly bringing blurring the lines of bringing his personal life um to the character as well um it's just it's phenomenal phenomenal iron man i'm and partly the reason why i say as the number well not number one but why is the perfect um cast is i can't picture anyone else doing it he's when you see him on the street or if, if you see him on the street you you say iron man yeah, he is yeah. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just embodies that character um, to the point where you think about there's been multiple different Batmans. There's been multiple different Supermans. There's multiple different Spider-Mans. There's only been one Iron Man. And you try to replace him, I, I think you're going to struggle. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. Um, what he's done for that Iron Man character, and you're right, Iron Man was never a never a character that I was too fond of growing up. Um, I didn't really pay any attention to him, but it was Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as Iron Man that really made me sit up and think, wow, like yeah. he, he is the embodiment of the character. And the fact that Marvel didn't even want to pick him. It, yeah. Um, yeah. He wasn't their first choice. Um, it was John Favreau who pushed Marvel to cast him. And had to convince Kevin Feige a number of times to say, this is our guy. This is our guy. And what he's done, he's kept the Marvel Cinematic Universe running for the last 10, 11 years. Um, yeah. And his absence moving forward is going to be majorly felt. Because you're right, even it's it's not even just him as, as Iron Man. It's the conversations. You have to listen to everything he says when he's speaking. The number, yeah. the number of times I've watched Marvel films over again and... I've picked up on little lines he's thrown in and you're yeah. like, yeah. And you end up laughing because you didn't hear it the first time, but it's just so genius billionaire playboy. Things like that. It's just, they're just so iconic. And I think maybe we, sh um, I, I haven't got um, Chris Evans as Captain America. Oh yeah. I maybe should have included him, but um, I'll use him as an honorable mention, but the way he played off um, Captain America in Civil War in particular, it, yeah. it, his performance throughout the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be really, really missed moving forward. Uh, Joel, what are your thoughts on uh, Iron Man? Yeah, it's, it's a great, great pick, isn't it? He, he, he made a character who no one cared about. I remember the Spider-Man season five when Iron Man, they, they, they all get together, don't they? All, like, all the heroes. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it's like a secret invasion. No, it's not. Secret, secret Wars. Secret Wars, that's it. And then um, Iron Man kept scared. <laughs> like, I need to charge my battery. Or oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. bad, such a bad character. And, and Robbie Downey Jr. made it cool, made it hip, made made yeah. this like again like Guardians of the Galaxy, a characters who no one knew. Like kids, kids wear Iron Man T-shirts now. Yeah, they do. Rather yeah. than Batman, yeah, it's it's crazy. The, my my only reason I didn't pick him is because I don't think he's acting. 
Well, of course, he is. Yeah, he? yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah he, he's just that's who he, he is. I am. Blood the lines. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like when he's, yeah. So when 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 you see him in documentaries or whatever, he's exactly the same. So it's like, it's, you know, I, I could for me, I could, I what, what we said before. I, there's so many other actors where they, you can tell they're acting. Whereas Downey Jr. is just having a good time in my eyes. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll push back on that. Sli- I'll push back on that slightly. There are, there are certain scenes. I mean, especially in in Endgame um, and Infinity War, Civil War as well. Civil War, where Civil you can, War. where he is a, Jimmy, he's a Academy um, Award nominated actor. Jimmy, he's been nominated for a number of Academy Awards before i'm not i think he might have won one i'm not sure i'll have to double check that guys um but you can tell he takes it fairly seriously yes he, he is very funny in a lot of scenes but there are certain scenes where he's extremely serious like when he finds out that it's bucky who killed his yeah uh, his parents yeah and he yeah. turns to steve and he's like did you know that's yeah. that's high just high caliber acting and do you know I mean like even like and he's like, um, he's like, oh, he's my friend. He's like, so was I. Like yeah. little things throughout cinematic universe, he adds enough. He's got enough quality as an actor to believe. Do you know I mean you feel sorry for the character in certain points? And do you know I mean your heart breaks for him in cer- at certain points? Do you know I mean it's just enough to make you think? Yeah, this the, his performances was absolutely amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Matches anything else you'd like to um to add or or Joel? Yeah, just the it, it takes a it takes a lot to do to do the emotional acting, but also his comedic timing is just mm. just spot on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's well it's, said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely I, fantastic. I forgot about the uh, the emotional parts of, of of Civil War, even when the the lady, the, the black lady and her son who who died. Yeah, that's a really powerful scene. Actually, yeah, the scene the almost regret regret like what, what 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 have we done which maybe another video we'll talk about civil war and who's right is it? yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah but, um, yeah yeah very good performance here yeah, yeah ab- absolutely yeah this there are so many scenes throughout the cinematic universe where you, where that he was in that you feel sorry for him or you feel bad for him um and it just it just says quality to quality yeah. to the even actor. you want to be him yeah, you do exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's he was absolutely fantastic, and I love the progression of. He started off as a playboy philanthropist, and the way he ended uh, in the cinematic universe, he was nothing but a hero, a true hero. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and you could see the progression of of the character throughout the last 10, 11 years. So yeah, absolutely fantastic, brilliant choice, um, brilliant choice matches. Thank you. Um, right, we're on to the final one. We're in the end game now. That might be a bit of a hint to who I've picked. Um, <laughs> um, right. If I'm, I'll tell you who I've picked. I've picked Thanos, the Mad Titan. Now, Ooh. the reason I've picked this character, and this shocked me doing a little bit of research into it, Thanos was how was an Easter egg in the first Avengers film in Age of Ultron, slight part in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then we got his full cinematic performance entrance in, in Infinity War and Endgame. Endgame's about, what, two and a half hours, guys? Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about yeah. two and a half yeah. hours. Sorry, Infinity War's about two and a half hours. Endgame's 
about the same or is Endgame slightly longer, I think? A bit longer, yeah. It's a little bit longer, so at two hours, 45 minutes. So you look, look around about six hours of movie time, yeah? If I told you that Thanos had only 41 minutes of screen time in that six what? hours, what would you say? No. Yeah, 41 minutes. 29 minutes of screen time in Infinity War. What? 12 minutes of screen time. When I say screen time, audience, I'm saying parts where he's actually speaking i'm not talking about the the animated or cgi i'm talking about parts where he's actually got lines to speak 12 minutes in endgame 12 Jeez. that's Whoa. it yeah now when i mentioned characters earlier on I, I mentioned the presence of the character the impact on the story the essence of the character and the reaction of everybody else on screen for someone who's only had 41 minutes of screen time the amount of presence we start his first opening scene with taking out the Hulk within 30 seconds and taking out the other big hitter in the MCU at the time, Thor within 30 seconds, then killing Loki, who was the, the main big bad of the MCU in the first film. Yeah. Phase one. And then blowing up the ship and then moving on to infinity war his overall presence in the film and that portrayed by Josh Brolin was absolutely amazing. He was able to add menace, add intensity to the character. I always say intensity is important. He was able to add sympathy. The parts where, where he's talking about Gomorra, um, he was able to add honor to the character, someone who keeps their word throughout the film, throughout the two films that he was portrayed in. And he was able to portray a, a love for his daughter. Now, barring that he threw her off a cliff, we'll get that out of the way. Barring he threw her off a cliff, the range of acting for a character and the impact that they had on the cut, on the rest of the heroes in the cinematic universe, I don't think it's ever been seen before. He had heroes scrambling, fearful, on edge. They lost. Let's get this straight. Yeah, they lost. He's also, and I, you guys would have to th- correct me, and I'm sure there's there may be another example, but I don't know. And in my notes, I've got it here. Has a villain or a hero sacrificed the one they love, let them die or killed them, in order to fulfill their mission? Mm. And I'm talking about menace and absolute dedication to what he believed in. Mm. Now, what Thanos. Thanos's main philosophy was bringing bringing balance to the universe. Yeah, he portrayed that in such an amazing way. And let's get it straight: it's genocide. It's disgusting. It's genocide. He killed half of human life. But the way Josh Brolin explained it, mm-hmm. it gave enough gravitas for the audience to be like, "He's wrong," but I can understand why. That yeah. that bit on titan where he's speaking to dr strange and he's explaining he's this is a person who's lost everybody on his planet like you have to put try and put yourself in that situation where you on you're on earth and you're the last human out there everybody else has died because they didn't listen to you that the, your the earth is on the state of collapse mm. and the way he explained it is is absolutely fantastic like it doesn't it, it gets enough credit i get it and it's very popular, but I'm talking about in terms of his overall performance of the character, bringing Thanos to life, because 
this is someone who the Marvel Cinematic Universe has spent 10 years building up to. Yeah. It could have easily flopped. It all rested on Josh Brolin's shoulders. Infinity War was a Thanos movie. If he didn't portray enough range in the character and give a Thanos enough depth in the Infinity War, it wouldn't have worked. You would have just had a big brute bad, and we may get that with Dark Side, but a big brute bad with no philosophy, no heart. He humanized the character to the point where you felt sorry for him, where you understood him, you understood his motives, you understood how he'd react in such situations. Um, he added he added humor to the character. He added fear. He added menace, and it seriously was, guys, one of the most amazing comic book performances I have ever seen. And this is going back for 10 years in cinematic with the amount of characters we've had for DC and Marvel and Fox and everything else. The one villain that stands out for me, I have to say, and I mean, mean, even Heath Ledger's Joker is absolutely phenomenal. Thanos was just, is definitely up there. Um, What do you guys, what do you guys think? Yeah, so guys, what do you um, what do you think of uh, Thanos um, and Josh Brolin's performance as? Um... Yeah, I think people is so underrated when you speak about um, villains or just characters in general, just to sort of miss out the villain because you're focusing on the hero so much. I mean, a good example of that is uh, X Men Apocalypse. Oh. It's terrible, terrible, and um, if you just think of some of the villains that just in the past that's happened you don't really you don't have that gravity towards the to, towards the villain whereas in Thanos when he when he's on screen you want to see more about him you want to see his backstory you want to see him fight you want to see what's going to happen and then at the end to top it off he actually wins in this and then you get farmer Thanos in the next one um yeah. but yeah it's brilliant brilliant what they're able to do I mean just to and it's the way forward. I mean, it's unfortunate because we're not going to get that with Darkseid. Yeah. There's no one being cast for Darkseid, has there? No. Um, whereas, no. whereas Marvel, they took the time. They casted someone. They didn't just do a, C- a CGI because they could have easily just done Thanos um, on a field. All of, Everyone fight against him. But then, no, they, they went the other route, man. And they they decided to actually give him a character. They actually casted someone for him, um, and they sort of did like a what was it like Planet of the Apes, where they did the CGI on top of him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, cap, so yeah. yeah, that's it. Motion cap. So Josh Brolin was actually acting, and yeah, like you said, he did a brilliant performance. Yeah, absolutely agree. And you're right that that I think that's probably the example. The best example is what they did in Apocalypse. Um, yeah. x-men apocalypse we could have easily got that as thanos we could have marvel could have easily just said right there's a big guy who's looking for the stones and he wants yeah. to destroy the universe and and i get it some people will say that it's not comic book accurate because in the comics he's in love with death and he's trying to please death um and that's why he wants to wipe out half or all of the universe but what we got from this character, it's his determination, which really stood out for me. He was mm. willing to sacrifice everything. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he, he, I think it's one of the quotes in the film that um, I've, I, I, do you mean, I, I've, I've known my family once and I, I've ignored my destiny once and I'm not going to do that again. Not even for you when he's speaking to Gamora. Yeah. 
and do you mean the fact that he's willing to sacrifice his daughter the one thing he loves for that um it's just his performance was just outstanding i mean joel what are your thoughts on on thanos oh yeah as you said this character is so perfectly written incredible ethical debates there obviously you know i love that anyway you bring up a very interesting point which has been a topic for the academy awards for a long time is that does motion caption performance does that does that deserve to be on on par with with normal acting Uh, i'm guessing there you 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 suggest it should so that andy circus got him uh again andy circus um uh the uh, help me out caesar Caesar. Caesar, yeah, Caesar, man. I, 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 for me personally, I stand by. They should be on, on par with with normal acting. Um, but I'm guessing you're you're the same. If, if you put yeah, it, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I, I, I understand the academy's reservation in 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 using that as a as an option or using people who who do motion capture as an option because it's sometimes it's not your actual face and it's it's slightly edited. Um, but what you have to look at is, for me, is what you look at is what what are they bringing to the screen? What are they bringing to the scene? How they how is their acting causing other actors to act? Also, um, like if you look at Thanos, what he did as a performance, um, and whether it's Josh Brolin or whatever else, it was still Josh Brolin there. It was still his facial expressions. It was still his voice. It was still his his permutations yeah. in the way he spoke to people, the way he, do you know I mean? Like the way he reacted to other actors, it's, it's still an acting performance. And it's something that, especially um, Andy, Andy Circus as Gollum, if we talk about that briefly, his performance as Gollum was absolutely phenomenal for the time. It, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're going to talk about someone who's got mental health issues, someone who's got obsession and someone who's, Jimmy, extremely dark and psychotic. Gollum portrays all of those things. Now, mm-hmm. if he wasn't in motion cap and he was acting, or it was just him, he would have got a nomination or he would have got won the award. Let's get yeah. this straight. He would he would have done it. Same thing with yeah. C- same thing with Caesar's performance in Planet of the Apes. Absolutely fant- fantastic, showing vulnerability. These are all things that the Academy look for in yeah. a performance. But because they've got a few dots on their face, they don't accept it. Now that's something that they seriously need to need to look at and re revise because technology is moving forward. The way we view cinemas or films is moving forward. They need to address that and stay with the times to stay relevant. But that's just my, my thoughts guys. Anyway. No, it's a very good choice. What do you think matches? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Is there not a sort of like a, new category that they're opening up or they they still people still trying to still trying to ask for it they're still dab they've I think they've dabbled in it but there's nothing confirmed that i that i know of i may be mm. i may be wrong but nothing i've i've heard of anyway um mm. now race is an interesting question actually do you think comic movies should have their have their own section for the academies they would Joel. never do that <laughs> no, no, no. I disagree because of of what we've had with with the success of Joker, the success of well, two two Jokers, haven't we? Actually, yeah. Um, I, I think I think Black Panther, Black Panther. Into the, thank you. As into well. the into the Spider Verse. 
what, what, that film. Yeah, what, what they've done though, haven't they? They've now changed the people who vote. So they've they've now mod- almost chosen more modernized people. So mm. over time, over time, we will see more comic book films deserving of best picture. I, I don't want to see a Guardians of the Galaxy in best picture for the Oscars. I, I love, you know me, I love my Oscar bait films. Yeah. But if, if a superhero film deserves to be there, then I don't want it to be in its own superhero section. I want it to be in the best picture section. Yeah, true. I completely, completely agree with it. Um, anything you guys want to add to, to Thanos' performance? I mean, I just want to throw in the quote because I love the quote. The hardest choices require the strongest wills. Um, yeah, I think that sums up Thanos overall. And the fact that we only got 41 minutes out of nearly six hours of screen time just says how much volume... Do you know I mean, even to the point where whenever you say the snap or clicking your fingers, people yeah, exactly. People think of Thanos now. Um, and I think his performance is actually brilliant. But yeah, the most important thing is what do you guys think? Um, leave your comment below. Um, we've had a lot of great performances, a lot of Academy Award winning performances, a lot of uh, great performances spanning over 10 years, two, three films. Leave your comments below. What comic performances really stuck with you and you think the actor um, definitely had the essence of the character? Um, there's a lot that we haven't mentioned, so mention them down below. Um, my name is... Ben. Sorry, Joel, what are you going to say? I was going to say Ben Affleck, Daredevil. Yeah, we forgot that one, didn't we? Well. <laughs> let's <get> that. <laughs> yeah, let's, we, could, we could do maybe a list of worst comic book performances coming up. Um, yeah, absolutely. That would definitely be on there for me. But um, if you disagree with me, leave a comment. Um, anyway, guys, leave a comment below. Make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Um, as I said before, we've got news, daily news, uh, weekly news show, um, the New Powers podcast, which you listen to at the moment um, for discussion and debate comic book topics. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but my name is Jay and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Joel and Matches. Peace. Hey, take care, guys. Take it easy.